This is Jerry Conway, and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 42, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 186 and X-Men number 115 from August 1978. Welcome to the 42nd episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Chris Hatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues or issue for this release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. Speaking about my friends, joining me this episode is Jared Albrick, the Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally Jared Albrick, the Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Yep, that's me. You know it. (laughs) So are you not... 100% am. Do I look like him when you look at me? Is that what you see? Yes. But well, hold on. Hold on. I see the button. Let me, I'm pressing the button. I'm the- <laughs> <laughs> That's a chameleon. That's not Joe. Where's that special belt? <laughs> Who wants to touch my belt buckle? <laughs> no, we're good. Let's move on. All right. That's my bit for today. Uh, speaking about bits, let's get to the better bit of you. Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrick. I know that didn't make sense, but anyway. <laughs> well, Mr. Samson, I'm really glad to be here. And uh, I just wanted to say, your name is Samson, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go for the bit, man. Yeah, he's not doing the Brant and Grant. Yeah, I was going to say, Ah, true. Oh, it's too deep. It was too deep. Anyway, I'll, I'll get him next time. Anyway, it's good to be here. <laughs> that was a deep cut. All right, well, let's go ahead and say hello to Delvin at the Dark Web Williams. There, there's no Delvin here. It's just, just a feeble old lady. <laughs> <laughs> not touching his belt buckle. Give <laughs> 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 the beat down. <laughs> My spider sense is tingling on that little old lady. <laughs> I bet you hit me. I'm a little old lady. <laughs> Why? Won't. This week. Oh, see, I was expecting, you know, you all went with the Spider-Man one. I was expecting at least somebody do uh, an X-Men one. Well, if you want me to. Uh, Yeah, I can do an X-Men one. No, 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 no. That's fine. No, uh, now I want to do one. No. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Fine, fine. I got one. I'm ready. I'm ready. I I think mine and Delvin's is the same. Are you about to tell some really (laughs) convoluted backstory that makes no damn sense? Because I am. (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> in this case, well, I, I was going to say, you know, I was just going to say, don't don't look at me in the eyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I did it. I looked at it. <laughs> ah, there we go. Soul's mine. I don't even want it. I'm throwing it in the trash. A trash can. You do not want this soul. Trust me on that one. <laughs> 
I guess I could do something like, um, hey, guys, these people need our help. We're superheroes. Let's get out of here. <laughs> back we'll be back. We'll be back with the dogs. Dogs. We're back with the dogs. dogs. Full speed ahead. <laughs> we got the power to do something about this, and we can clean us up in a jiffy. Okay, let's go. It's wow. a wrap, fellas. <sighs> well, maybe I shouldn't have asked for other bits. Careful what you asked for, Pat. That's right. We got bits and bits and bits. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to a sponsor for this episode. Uh, well, let Jerry give us. Of course, you're going to let me do it. You know why you're going to let me do it, Pat? Because I'm you're so fancy. fancy. I'm fancy because I have several, several hardbound comic book volumes of, you know, comics that just aren't bound. So you're like probably wondering who's doing all this binding of comics that aren't bound. Well, I'm going to tell you. Jerry, it's Jerry huh? who's doing all this binding? Ah. <laughs> I'm Who's the master binder? The master binder is Tim over at Omaha Bound Entertainment. It's your best choice for hard binding your special comics in your collection. The guys over at Omaha Bound do only the best high quality binding. This might be the best part. They custom design every cover. So every single hardcover they design is unique. Short, when you bind your comics with Omaha Bound, you have a truly one of a kind collection like me. I'm so fancy. In addition to binding, they also sell collections of hard to find comics. All this is available on their website, which is omahabound.com. Treat yourself and your special comics right. Go to omahabound.com today and be like me. Be fancy. You wouldn't want to be fancy. No, no. Probably some unfancy dude. Mm. You got it. Possibly last. I mean, let's let's not be discriminatory. It could be a last. Could be a last. Also doesn't want to be fancy, but we don't want them Mm -hmm. because they don't want Omaha Bound. Fanciness is what we prefer. Yes. Now, before we get started with this episode's issue, let's take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. The Too Old, Too New Podcast, a show dedicated to reviewing books from the bins and recent reads. I'm Bill. And I'm Seth. Be sure to listen to us on our Too Old, Too New Comic Book Podcast, where we talk about two old comic books and two new comic books every episode. Comic book fans don't miss out. Too Old, Too New is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode, and that is Amazing Spider-Man number 186. Credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comic website. Publisher was Marvel, got a cover date of November 1978, but its on sale date was August 8th, 1978. Cover price was 35 cents. Editor is Marv Wolfman, oh. and he was also the writer. Oh, ow. yes, double. Oh, penciler is Keith Pollard, and inker is Mike. It's he stuck around just so we can call his name. That was awfully considerate of him. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Letter is James Novak, and colorist is Marie Severin. You can read along with us, reprinted in Essential Spider-Man Volume 9, trade paperback, and also on the Marvel Unlimited app. Cover credits go to Keith Pollard. And speaking about the cover, let's get a description of it from Jared. Okay, this cover makes me sad because there really aren't any gimmicks I can riff on. The Marvel Comics group banner is orange with black letters and Spidey still standing in his orange corner box. Amazing Spider-Man title is white with black highlights, plus the webs. The main action is one of those Spidey Agility motion covers showing Spider-Man traversing the New York skyline by using eight Spider-Man drawings and action poses as he comes closer to the camera. 
The motion effect is helped along by using muted spidey colors on the seven smaller drawings, while the eighth leaps boldly towards the reader. The world's longest text box reads, The story you never expected to see, Spidey cleared by the police, Webhead a national hero, all this in the chameleon too. And also, there's a quick reminder for the late 70s live-action show with a small banner at the bottom that reads Marvel's TV Sensation. Hoping that next time there'll be something I can riff on. That's all I got. Wow, this is the first. Huh? Is this Spider-Man jumping around? He's jumping around. He jumps up, he jumps up, he gets down. Jump, 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 jump. Everybody jump, jump, jump. All right, well, thank you, Jared. Now, let's get to some quick cover thoughts. We'll start with Jason. Well, I think it's a good cover. I've always enjoyed those Spidey acrobatic moments where they have the series of Spider-Man as he's going through his motions. I think that's kind of cool. It's pretty kinetic. I like how it makes it look like Spider-Man's about to leap off the page right at you. I also like the detail of the city in the background. I thought that's pretty interesting. The only low point that I have is that there's really not any villain or any really clue as to what the story's about, except for the big, long text box, which I just kind of thought, Eh, you know, the cover is where you're supposed to show what's going on, not put a big text box that covers, you know, Spider-Man and half the corner box. That's just me, though. Jared, what do you think? I agree with you. I like the motion Spider-Man cover. I think this is a good welcome new penciler cover. This is where Keith Pollard takes over. We saw the last mm. of Ross Andrew on our last episode. Which is sad in one regard. Keith Pollard's a tremendously talented penciler, and he's showing off on this cover. You can kind of tell that they were like, okay, this is your first cover, you know, have fun with it, make your bones. And and he did a good job with it. It just didn't give me anything to riff on, which hurt me deeply. Pat? <laughs> yes, I agree with you guys as well. I don't know if they're using this too to kind of show or get some attention for possible new readers from the Marvel TV series, that sensation that is taking over the world right now of the Spider-Man. Could that be possible that they're trying to do that? I mean, they've used the Marvel TV sensation. Only a few times now. They've promoted it before, so it's not new. Yeah. I kind of agree with Jared, too. Is, is it because he's a new artist or a new cover artist? I think it is. I think it's just like, hey, new artist on the scene. Show them what you can do. And it, it's it's cool. It, it just cool. doesn't give us much. I mean, it, it's kind of like a better poster than it is a comic book but, cover. Yeah. If that makes sense. And, you know, it's like, why didn't they use the chameleon? You're going to say his name on here, so why not just show it? Chameleon isn't super dynamic, though. And for all we know, he is in the picture of the cover. Yeah, it could be that third Spider-Man from the back. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Delvin, what do you think? I think it's a fun cover. I definitely think, and I'll discuss this a little bit more when it comes to the book, that I need to get used to Keith Pollard's pencils. I'm used to Ross Andrews' pencils, which were dynamic and fun. They were cartoony, but somehow very realistic all at once. And Keith Pollard seems to be more cartoony, almost comic strippy. If 
I were to completely make up a word. Pretty sure strippy is not a word unless you're at certain clubs. Um, <laughs> I went to strippies a couple times. I dropped a coin, <laughs> let me tell you. When I went in there, I felt very piratical. <laughs> I and I wanted you know I wanted them extra crispy breaded for my chicken strips. <laughs> Just chicken strips, you're thinking strippies, yeah. I mean, if there is a club called strippies, there's no pretense on what's going on there. I am digressing from the cover. <laughs> it's fun, and I'm glad that it's fun because I do like seeing the multiple spideys in a way it shows how just strong and agile he is to be able to do such cool things. So it's an eye popping cover and. I do appreciate it, even though I haven't gotten used to Keith Pollard's pencils yet. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into the cover ratings. It's a one through five rating system here at the, the LBC. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, it ruffled your tummy feathers. You hated it. Let's find out what we all thought. And I'll start with myself. Pat, what do you think? You know, Pat. I'm going to give this a three. I liked it. Like Jared said, it's it's a new artist, so he's just trying himself out, and I got to get used to him. It just didn't give me that feel of a comic book to pull me in to read it. We'll move on and see what you're, what you're going to read it. I'm going to be generous and give it a four. I feel what you're saying. It, it doesn't give you the comic book pulling you in to feel, but it's the first Pollard cover. It's good. It's got a lot of action. It would look super cool hanging on the wall. Like, if I found that original. If you got rid of that cover blurb, maybe? Oof, man, if you found that original art, uh, I'd be like, whoa, because that's really cool. So while it doesn't have that hook like you mentioned, Pat, I just think the art on it's real strong and it's very spidey. So I'm going to be generous and uh, be in a good mood and go with a four and pass it to Jason. I think I'm with Pat at a three. I think that that Spider-Man by himself coming off the page is really cool. And if you had gotten rid of that blurb, like mm-hmm. Pat said, and even if you got rid of those motion spideys, which I said I liked, but I think for the cover, if you just had this Spider-Man leaping off the page at you, that's enough of a hook for me. But it's just a little too busy. Chameleon's not really a big sell. It's The blurb takes up too much space. Although there's elements I really like, I'm stuck at a three on this one. Delvin, what are your thoughts? I'm with Jared. I give it a four. I think that it is a fun cover, and it is. This is his first, right? I don't. Yes, I think it is. And me and Delvin are two cool guys. (laughs) You can't be two cool guys. (laughs) Look, I mean, you guys can break the number three. Me and Jared are going to go be with the chicks. (laughs) Anything else? That's it. As you divide the LBC crew up here. Uh, That's it for me. Okay, well, well, then that leaves us at a division here. We have, I guess, two cool guys at four. Or do you want to go with two wild and crazy guys? <laughs> We're wild and crazy okay. guys. With Jason and Pat with three. Go ahead and hit us up into the Twitter tweets, the comments, and let us know what you thought. Are you on two cool guys with four or two wild and crazy guys who like to live on the edge and think everything's three and we just like it? <laughs> that would be a cool fat head though you know those big wall things like that spider-man is a fat head on your wall yeah. that would be yeah i like the action i do like the action though the the muted oh spidey i like that when they show him his action like that i think that's really cool but yeah those are always good all right well with that let's go ahead and get into the story synopsis 
from Delvin. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider, a Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. The title of this book is Chaos is the Chameleon. The story starts with Spidey rescuing a guy from a burning building. The guy is flipping out because he thinks Spidey is a menace, much like J. Jonah Jameson. But when you're rescued from a fire, every day is like survival. Long pause here because I'm thinking if I sang the last four words of that last sentence, nearly everyone would get the thing. Oh, I'll continue. I'm on to you. The cop yeah. tried to tell Spidey he's wanted by the DA, but thinking it's trouble. Spidey swings away at the same time Jonah hears some bad news. And we find out that the guy Spidey rescued wasn't just a guy. No, no, no. He was the karma. <clears throat> <laughs> Decked out in a costume that is kind of red, gold, and green. Didn't have to work too hard to fit that one in, now did I? (laughs) Spidey visits May in the hospital. 102 issues and counting from May. Betty Brant meets Pete at his pad while Pete thinks of ways to get money. Pete better watch out for Betty. She's got a loving in her eyes all the way. She thirsty. Pete also decides to go to the DA to find out what the fuss is about when the DA tells him that the charges he had pending against him from longstanding cases of Green Goblin and Captain Stacy were both dropped, making Spider-Man, wait for it, a man without conviction. <laughs> There's a press conference waiting for Spidey, but he doesn't trust it and asks for a later one in a more open area Central Park. Chameleon hatches a plan, which is to discredit Spider-Man by making it look like he punched an old lady, then a cop when it was old Cammy instead, making Spidey fall back out of favor with the public, which really come and go and come and go. But his good name comes back for good when Spidey foils Chameleon's plot, making J. Jonah Jameson mad and Flash Thompson elated for Flash when he clings his love is strong. But for the mastermind behind Chameleon being there in the background and waiting to Variously, on the last panels of the book, he string along. He string along. Back to you, Pat. Well, Delvin, I think I got what you were putting down. And, you know, it was so done so good that I started crying. And I just need to ask, do you really want to hurt me? <laughs> Did you really want to make me cry? Look, like look, I, look, I understand if you need to take a moment. So I will give you time. <laughs> 
it's the All Boy George episode, ladies and gentlemen. You pulled me in at that first one. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a dog hearing something going on. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, 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 let me just, let me stop on that. Like, I, I know if I just wait, like, sink in. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to some brick or brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? And we'll start with Pat. Well, Pat, I'm going to go with it's a first read for me. Delvin? I can't remember. So I'm going to say it's a first read. Why not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I can't tell you when you did or you didn't. I wish I could debate you on that. This because this is audio. But look, I have the book. Mm-hmm. It was in the cl- I'm like, did, did I read this? Did I get it at a con? I don't worry. I, I, yeah, had to get it at a con somewhere. I, I don't know. So first read. All right. Jared. First read, but I just want to give a warning to everyone, including our listeners. Next episode, we're going to have to revisit this whole topic. <laughs> Next episode has an issue that uh, we'll talk about it. Huh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's talk about it now. Next episode has the first issue of Amazing Spider-Man I ever remember owning. Oh, oh okay. is that the one with Captain oh. America? Yep, which I've read about 47,000 times. <laughs> and I read it about 15 times in the ride back from that flea market. <laughs> That's right, Spoiler I bought it at a flea alert, market. Everyone. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Anyway, Jesus. but for this one, it's a first read. Ooh, Jason. Uh, it's a first read for me as well. Oh. So you know what that, what that means. It's a, a reading rainbow. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. We've had some sad rainbows lately. Yeah, last episode was a double sad rainbow. Double sad I rainbow. Don't know. Yeah. I'm still hurt from that. Yeah, yeah this time it's just Jason's fault. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there here in a moment. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to some highs, lows, or what does. We'll start with Delvin and work our way around. Let's go with a low, not for the book, but for Chameleon's costume, it is ugly. (laughs) Do not like that look for Chameleon. He had later looks which were cool. Mm. And this one where they just went a little bit too on the nose with the multicolor so it could be the different color Chameleon. (laughs) Looks like he fell into like a bowl of lifesavers and they just stuck to them. <laughs> some fruity pebbles. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good costume for um, old chameleon there. I thought that his older costume, I thought, actually looked cooler than that. He's had some better looks. This, yeah. one, this was not one of his good looks. You know, you do your redesigns and sometimes those redesigns pop and sometimes they don't. And this one don't. Jason. I thought that this Betty Brant thing is just getting weird. I don't know if it's a high or a low, but so what the it's yeah, because <laughs> like, I thought they like hooked up. Yeah. Like, are just too. like sit there and drink coffee all night? What is and going like, on? Oh, we talked all night, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, Spider Man, Spider Man, hooking up with the wife of a married man. <laughs> but anyway, I just think that's getting weird. Yeah. Jared, you're up. You know, I'm going to give it a high. It doesn't happen often enough that Spidey has a good day and J. Jonah Jameson has to suck it. And it's just kind of fun watching Spidey have his good day while J. Jonah Jameson just fell, <laughs> fell to pieces because he couldn't handle that Spidey was having a good day. That was fun to watch. So I, I like that bit. How about you, Pat? 
Um, you know, I'm going to go with the art in this. There's that one spot where Spider-Man is kind of doing some flips and all that around, and they show him in that movement. I like that. All right, I'm um, going to jump in while you're thinking, because I've seen some straight-up Pollard before. Mm-hmm. We've seen it together. He's on the cover. I really feel like Esposito was making it come together here. Yeah. Maybe, and making, maybe it a, it. making the transition a little less seamful. Damn it. A little more seamless. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we are. If you notice, for the cover credits, and I don't know if uh, Pat read it this way or not, Keith Pollard got credit for layouts. Mike Esposito got credit for finishes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a As lot of Esposito in this. and inks. So Mike may have been working a little bit of overtime on this book. I definitely get the feeling they said, hey, you know, make it look as much like Ross as you can as we make this transition until mm-hmm. we can let Keith just run full speed. I think that's what's happening. Yeah. It is. Maybe this issue just, it does got a different feel to me. And it either it's probably the art and the story. I yeah. Think. It's, it's, it's a lot of different thing, different things happening at once. Yeah. And, oh. and yeah, maybe that's the, my, that's my, I don't want to say concern or just my, my feels with it. I wouldn't be very concerned. So since Jared did a spoiler about knowing what the cover looks like for next issue, that's a five, by the way. Awesome cover. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Spoilers uh, left yeah. and right. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That's a great cover. There's a reason uh, I picked it. Some of the things that I collected or the issues that I collected at the cons were around this time frame. And Marv Wolfman is setting up a few things that you might want to notice here. And among them that have popped out of my head, J. Jonah Jameson, it's one thing that he thinks Spidey is a menace. He just seems a little more keyed in than normal, especially yeah. from yeah. the last Lynn Wayne books. He is yeah. basically mad about yeah. Spider-Man. And yep. does the dude not- created like killer spider robots. How much <laughs> better could you get than that? And as with Lynn Wayne, he kind of cooled off. Like, yeah. he had some wacky adventures. There was the big storyline that ended with Green Goblin. But this, in Marv Wolfman's first couple of books, setting his tone. And by the way, Wolfman has been the editor of the book. So he had his, like, his ideas of where he wanted to go. Uh-huh. He's uh-huh. got Jonah setting up as a main opponent to Spider-Man. And there were several pages in this book where he was just straight up hating on mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've, look, at, look at Spider-Man over there breathing. And so, <laughs> how dare he breathe? Yeah, how dare he breathe? That's air I could be breathing. I smoke. I need all the air I can get. Hey, 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 hey. That is one of the storylines that's going to be set up. And it looks like there's another storyline set up where Chameleon was not the main guy. True. He was a guy yep. who, who was supposed to discredit Spider-Man, even though he failed for the purposes of the mastermind. So who's the mastermind? That's also being set up. That, so that's at least yeah. two things storylines that's being set up so far. Mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. Not to mention, we, we, since we, I was also mentioning Betty Brant. He's had Betty Brant in the book, and Betty pretty much came back and was like, Ned who? Like, uh, Let's talk for seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's three storylines that Mark Wolfman has set up so far that – Probably will be playing out in the next, I don't know, year or so, maybe. And we've seen this with Len, uh, you know, back then, too. He would sprinkle in some stuff. I think this was just so much of sprinkling going on right now that I'm like, okay, which one do I need to pay attention to? And then the chameleon, I was like, come on, this guy isn't going to, he got duped by, you know, thinking, I mean, you're, you know, an old granny. And then <laughs> what good can he do? I don't know. 
Y'all are sleeping on the chameleon now. I mean, come on. Put some respect on Chameleon's name. That dude has been around for a while in the Spidey universe. So he might not be that A-list character. He's usually in conjunction with someone, kind of like he is here. Uh, I think most famously he was with Kraven. But Mm. Chameleon's an old Spider-Man foe. He's been around forever. So It's hard to take him seriously in that shirt. (laughs) <laughs> oh god yeah i mean not not the greatest not not the greatest outfit okay just plain ugly but still no i hear what you're saying though and it was one of my highs as well the very end it does make me wonder who's pulling the strings oh, yeah, here definitely all right well let's get into another round of highs lows and delvin do you have anything more i did some talking so we can push it to the next person okay next person would be jared hi low what the I like Spider-Man. <laughs> um, Aunt May's in the hospital. Still. Yeah. She wanted to know why gonna... she missed Matlock, too. Yeah. She was like, <laughs> you like four and a half hours. They never called your name, Peter. <laughs> why? Okay, well, I'm going to graduate in September. <laughs> no, I think I've hit my highlights and, and Delvin really brought this issue to life for us and showed sure. us all the paths to be looking at. And I think that's great. So yeah. aside from <laughs> Peter spending all night with Betty and then still trying to make time with that news reporter chick, man, he's got the energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he drank a lot of coffee. so <laughs> He's just in the zone. Yeah. There but, is a cool aspect of Spider-Man for now. We know it's going to come back at some point, but for now, he's not public enemy number one. That was another big yeah, part of Lynn Wayne's storyline. And I think that's a big setup for something. It's always a big setup for something. Yeah. You know, Spidey eventually is going to get yeah. back in trouble with the law. It's Spider-Man. It's, it's what he does. But for now, he's a case-free man. What I'm not sure on is, is it what this new boss guy wants? Or did he want him to be shamed as well, too, like Jonah did? Well, he tried to have him, Shane, but the chameleon didn't yeah. get it done. Yeah, didn't get the job done. I'm wondering who the boss man is. I kind of have a feeling like we've seen him Ghost before. of Hammerhead. I want to say, I wonder if it's that, but the bossy guy, uh, with Silvermane. Hmm. That's an interesting thing, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't even I have a guess. I can't yet. remember. Like I would tease you if I did. Oh, I'd give a teaser. I can't remember who this who the bad guy is. Okay. I, I, I somebody knew then. I this is know. about where I start reading Spider Man more on the regular, and I certainly can't remember either. Because I think that it's one Ned guy. Ooh, Ned. It ain't that one doctor guy. <laughs> that doctor guy. He hates Peter Parker. <laughs> Oh, he would now, I would think. Boy, that doctor, all he gives him is grief every time he sees him. Oh, you're talking about the doctor in the hospital. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. no. Were you talking about the green psychiatrist? Yeah, Martin Hamilton. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the doctor who purely hates Peter Parker at the hospital. Well, that too. Kids these days. This guy sucks every time Peter Parker comes around. He's like, oh, Parker, you suck. You don't don't have money? You didn't say money? You're broke. You don't deserve your aunt. She don't deserve you. Pick up your aunt in that alley out back. (laughs) So those are my thoughts. Wolfman's building his web here in this book. And so (laughs) I'm interested to see. You can say pun intended, but I wasn't really trying to be clever. But I'm interested to see what comes up. I thought it was a good read. Before we get into the ratings on it, let's finish this off with some silly Spidey moments. 
Delvin, what's your silly Spidey? I'm glad you went with me first. J. Jonah Jameson had me cracking up a few times. Uh-huh. Just at the beginning, even though we've already covered a bit, it was funny that like he was storming out <laughs> and said, out of my way, Miss Grant. It's like, that's Brands. Like, make up your mind, will you? In <laughs> 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 glory is a black woman with natural freaking fro, and Betty Brandt is not. <laughs> 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 just shows you how much he cares about the people that work for him. Not like, and, and the funny thing is, like, I think he, he does normally, but like, he, but he was in a huff, mm. so nothing mattered but his rant at the time. But he, he had me cracking up with that one. That was funny, Jared. I feel like I'm channeling the spirit of Pat Sampson because I had to go. There was two really good insults in the book, oh, and so I had to go with take. Nya nya. Oh, that's mine too. Nya nya pork face. Nya nya. Pork face is what got me. (laughs) Pork face. Face. That's it. Two cool guys. Two pork face. face. I like it so much. I'm going to go out of my way between now and the next recording to call somebody pork face. Mm -hmm. Jason, what's your silly Spidey? Well, I'm going to go back to J. Jonah Jameson. I liked when he was getting frustrated. He said, Why is this happening? I'm a good man. I hardly ever cheat on my taxes. <laughs> I like the hardly ever qualifier. <laughs> Pat, bring us home. What's yours? I uh, agreed with Jared on that. Pork face. Pork okay. face. Yeah, I mean, at least give the other insults and exposure. Do you remember what it was? Ah, no, that was the one that really stuck out. Come on, sweet well. lips. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Call chameleon sweet lips. <laughs> Guess I missed that one. Because I'm also considering calling someone sweet lips at some point. He used it as an insult <laughs> to the chameleon, <laughs> called him Sweet Lips. It's uh, right after he gets lips. attacked by the axe, the axe-wielding chameleon. Mm. Just call me Magic Man, Sweet Lips. <laughs> <laughs> You're not normally uh, as amused. I know. Name We're different. We're so yeah. used to Chubbins and Sweetums, and now we get Pork Face and Sweet pork Lips. Pork Face and Sweet Lips. That's going to be a new, uh, new cop show. <laughs> New, new writer, new insults. So there we go. Pork face and sweet lips. They're cops. Well, okay. Now if pork face comes up or sweet lips comes up, definitely going to be into something there. So mm-hmm. I, I got to throw one other thing out too. I was really cracking up when Spidey was turning down all the TV offers except the uh, PBS electric company. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, all the reality based jokes there. Everything yeah. he said was true at the time. Right. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And I, I enjoyed the electric company uh, when Spider-Man, Spider-Man was on. Ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said they might screw up my origin or something like that on Spider-Man. Maybe you should try to sign the Hulk because the Hulk just got signed to a TV show. Right, right. You know, fight the heavyweight champ like they had Superman fighting Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, but they banks instead. That's right. I was like, hey, oh, all the little in-jokes. Cha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> Pork face. Pork face. <laughs> Nothing beats a good pork face. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the ratings for this issue. Again, it's a one through five rating. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, it ruffled your tummy feathers. Let's find out what it did for the boys. Jason. I'm going to go with a three. I was pretty middle of the road here. I liked it. Kept me turning pages. Left me at a bit of a mystery. Just didn't really have a A-level villain. And I think I'm just taking a little uh, getting used to this new writer and Jared. artist. Jared? Same. Three. Same reasons. Delvin. 
we might be breaking out the Jack and Chrissy here. Uh, I want to give it a four, but I'm not because it's setting the bar too high mm-hmm. for a new writer. This is him laying down some groundwork, and I'm like, word, see what you're doing. One other piece of storyline I didn't mention was Robbie is not taking any crap from JJJ. Yeah. He never really has, though. He really stood up a lot more. He really has, but he really isn't. Just like J. Jonah Jameson has always hated Spider-Man up to this point, but he really hates him. Now, when uh, Robbie Robertson, he is really going to speak up and give J. Jonah Jameson crap, and maybe that comes to a head, too. So just another storyline to watch out for. But setups uh, for storylines coming up in the next year or so. I'm liking Spidey, willing to give it a shot, which is good. It gets a three. Pat? Well, I think you are right, Delvin. I am going to give it a three as well. We've all come to a agreement. It's time to come and knock on a door. <laughs> Wait, that's four. Never mind. <laughs> See, that was funnier than the Tulsa. <laughs> Way to go, pork face. <laughs> Came right out of my sweet lips. <laughs> oh. All right. I think, well, with that, that's going to bring us to an end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page, and we will be right back. Sweet lips. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The year is 1994 or 1944 or maybe 2994. Time is under threat and history is falling apart. Who will survive this crisis and how will history be changed for those that do? Zero Hour Strikes takes you back to that DC Comics crossover and covers the entire story issue by issue, tie-in by tie-in, as the DC Universe goes down to zero. Join Bass and Siskoid at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on iTunes, Zero Hour Strikes, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Remember Legion. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, and that is X-Men number 115. Credits for this issue are provided, again, by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was Marvel, got a cover date of November 1978, but its on-sale date was August 15th of 1978. Cover price is just 35 cents. Editor, Roger Stern. Writer, Chris S. Claremont. Esquire! Penciler is Field the Burn, the John Byrne. Inker is Terry Austin. Letterer is Rick L. Parker. Colorist is Francois Moulet. You can read along with us in the reprints in Classic X-Men number 21, Marvel Masterworks volume 24 of the Uncanny X-Men, volume 3 hardcover, the Essential X-Men volume 1 trade paperback, and the Uncanny X-Men Omnibus volume 1. And also on Marvel Unlimited. Cover credits go to penciler John Byrne and inker Terry Austin. Let's go ahead and get a cover description by Jared. 
The Marvel Comics Group banner is black letters on a white background. White like a linen suit. The light blue corner box holds the heads of Banshee, Colossus, Storm, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler, as if they've been fossilized in amber. Hold on to your butts, because now we're going to talk about the main action. For some as-yet-unknown reason, Wolverine is slicing with his raptor-like claws at Colossus. And it looks like Nightcrawler and Cyclops are trying to stop the frenzied Wolverine. Must go faster, must go faster. Looming over all this is Sauron, looking very pleased with himself, almost as if he is spared no expense. I know everyone thought I was going to say something about Storm's somewhat erotic pose, but no one asked me. This is the key, key for someone to ask me. Hey, Jared. Mm-hmm. What, what's up with the Storm pose there? Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. You didn't say the magic word. Uh-uh-uh. These were all Jurassic Park references. <laughs> oh, man, I wasn't getting on. <laughs> so let's do some cover sounds. Jason, you're on Sauron sounds, whatever that Got sounds it. like. I'm not sure. Delvin, you're Wolverine's claws striking at Colossus. And Pat, you get to be creative and tell me what Scott might be saying with that open mouth of his as he runs in. Three, two, one, and go. <laughs> Okay, did you slow motion say, oh, Wolverine? I know, I was like, uh, I really didn't have anything there. I heard clinks and smacks. I heard, uh ah, galore. All right, good job, everybody. All right, well, thank you for that philosophized description. (laughs) I don't know, I tried to tell you that too, but whatever. I'm just totally bad at that. (laughs) Quit trying to use big words, Pat. Yeah, I I should just extinct and stop doing this. Spared no expense. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to some quick cover thoughts on this one. We'll start with Delvin. Cover pops, man. Jared mentioned, like, for some unknown reason about Wolverine attacking Colossus. If you are a longtime uncanny X-Men or X-Men reader, you might know why. Because you might know of Sauron's power set that he is coming in and he's wreaking havoc with the team. And that would intrigue you. But if you didn't, just seeing Sauron sitting there with his wings unfolded, looking like just a bad pterodactyl going on there. And then the cool image of Wolverine fighting Colossus. Nightcrawler's doing this cool thing. And generally, I don't like the damsel thing, but Storm is looking beautiful sitting there, even damsel E as she is. So eyes. Them them (laughs) thighs. All in all, a fantastic cover. I will pass it. To Jason. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this cover is, like you said, it pops. And I kind of admire the simplicity of it, too. It's almost like the artist took a shortcut. Like, Byrne took a shortcut there. He did some really detailed character drawings and then just kind of drew this big Sauron pose that blocks out any of the background. Mm. And Mm. and so I think that bought him some time to really focus on the characters. Ah, Is that a little crafty? Or uh, I don't know. I don't know. But... uh, I like it. Jared. I think this is John Byrne and Terry Austin who are a one-two punch for the ages. And I think they're at the height of their powers. I agree with you, Jason. I think the Sauron is a little bit of a shortcut, but I give it a pass because it's sort of metaphorical. Because Sauron is mostly shadow as if he's commanding from the shadows everything you see here, which in a way he is. So if you can pull it off as a shortcut, but get away with the metaphor, I will give you a pass. And... 
it's something to be said here that the action is so good. I it actually took me a little while to realize that Storm was on the cover when I was writing the thing. I was like <laughs> focused on that. I was like, wait a minute, there's Storm all sexified at the bottom of the page there. But that's to say that you could have removed her from it and it'd still be a great cover. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's, it's it's wonderful, Pat. I agree with kind of what you said there. My eyes go to Sauron, and uh, a lot of it too is helps with the red that fades into where he is. Like the background, it's not really, you know, like Jason said, not really much going on in that background. It's just that color of red fading down to him. And then you see him just menacing over everything else. I want to show you my color wheel. Mm-hmm. The color wheel tells you when you go to remember, we've talked about this. Yep. Yep. Go to the opposite side mm-hmm. to see what pops. Sauron is green. What's uh-huh. on the opposite side? Red. Red. Makes they sense. know what they're doing. John Beatty color wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. Where's the light blue? Just out of curiosity. Light blue. Uh-huh is right about here so your best opposite color is orange okay going back to the spider-man cover and that's one of the things i I didn't mention it but i was like i don't know about that light blue background okay yeah so i think that really draws your attention Mm -hmm. good use of color yeah good use of color and just makes everything pop along with the great detail in the figures and like you said, with Storm laying there, it's like, oh, I didn't really kind of notice that until you then you sit and stare at that for a little bit. But <laughs> really, a great it, but... cover, yeah. You know, and then you know, still the the uncanny is there too on the top. So mm-hmm. I, think mm-hmm. I think it's gonna go away a little bit and then come back again strong because it's not officially been retitled uncanny. Uh, okay, yet. I, I I could be wrong, but I know it becomes officially titled uncanny. I want to say somewhere around like one forty. I might have made that up. We'll find out together. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll take the journey. All right. Well, I think we're going to see some pretty high numbers here, but let's go ahead and find out for the cover rating. And it's a one through five on this one. It's five. You loved it. It gave you a ring to swing from. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. Jared, one through Uh, five. I'm going to go 4.5. What? You can't do a 4.5. That's not allowed. Also, you didn't mention Musical Genius Show November, so that's like a double crime. That's right. Yeah. Basically yeah. a long boss crusade felony. We'll go 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, pork faces. <laughs> now, if Musical Genius Show November here were here, he would definitely give it a 4.5. I'm I'm going to give it a real strong four, but I'm not going to put it in the in the super classic. And I will pass it to Jason. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you, Jared. It's got my favorite X-Men on the cover. It's got Wolverine in good action pose. The Sauron, as you pointed out, the metaphor of it looks really good. He's almost like a puppet master. Mm-hmm. They're holding the strings. Yeah, it's really hard for me not to go five on this, but I just I, there's just some other covers that I like stronger. And if I had to put it up, choose whether to put out on my wall. I don't know if it would quite make the cut. So four for me. What do you think, Bet? I hear what you both are saying, and I do agree with the strongness of it. I think if I, uh, there was just something missing to make it really extra special for me as well, too. I'm giving a very, very, very strong four. Like a 4.5? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I could do a 4.5, I would. <laughs> Maybe a 4.5. Seven. Oh, you're <laughs> getting into the tenth. Wow, ridiculous! I don't even. What show is this? We can't do that math. Come on. I, I said if I could. No, you're gonna have to minus it. Yeah. So I minus it one four point six. <laughs> Delvin. Uh, it's a four. It's a four. It's a four. Ooh. 
But in this case, that's a good thing. And not an out of 10. It's a four out of five. Very, very good. Could be a five under some circumstances, but I agree with four. All right, boy. So you know what that means. It makes us. And this was really appropriate, too. Oh, hey. It's a four. All right, well, with the ratings out of the way for the cover, let's get to the story synopsis provided by Jason. Cyclops, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Children of the Atom, Students of Charles Xavier, Mutants. Feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect, these are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents The Uncanny X-Men. This one's title is Visions of Death. When we last left our merry band of mutants, Cyclops, Wolverine, Banshee, Storm, and Colossus were all stranded in the Savage Land. Beast and Jean, however, narrowly escaped an Arctic death to return to Xavier's mansion. Each group leaving the other to have perished in their battle with Magneto, Cyclops and his team settled in for some much-needed R&R with a local tribe. No sooner had they left their guard down, however, than Storm was ambushed by an old enemy from the past the malicious Sauron. Our story opens with Wolverine charging into battle, unaware of Sauron's hypnotic abilities. Quickly brought under Sauron's control, Wolverine attacks his comrade. Quick thinking and leadership by Cyclops, however, neutralizes their possessed comrade in arms and takes down Sauron after a fierce battle. With his energy depleted, the evil Sauron reverts to the not-so-evil Karl Lycos. Wolverine is about to put an end to Lycos when Kazar of the Savage Land intervenes. Cooler heads prevail and Kazar and Dr. Lycos inform the X-Men of an even greater threat to the denizens of the Savage Land. Garak the Petrified Man. With the powers of a god and brought back to life by an evil cult, Garak is enslaving and killing the people of the Savage Land. Kazar hopes to enlist the aid of the X-Men to stop Garak, but Cyclops refuses, believing that stopping Magneto and protecting Professor X needs to take priority. Although the decision does not sit well with the entire team, Cyclops and his crew attempt to begin their journey home. They do not get far, however, when they realize that their escape is blocked, frozen solid by the encroaching Antarctic. What is causing the Savage Land jungle to suddenly freeze? Was Cyclops right in abandoning Kazar in his hour of need? Will Colossus regret that he didn't wrap his little rusky during that tumble in the jungle with those Savage Land ladies? All will be revealed. <laughs> I think he will. I think that. Oh, he will. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jason, for that awesome synopsis. Let's go ahead and get to some bric a brac for this issue. We'll find out is it a first read or a reread? I'm going to save Jason for last. Just a little bit of suspension here. <laughs> so let's start with Jared. 
first inconsequential read. first read. Pat, it's a first read for me, Pat, but that doesn't <laughs> matter anyway. Delvin, it's a first read for me, and I, I really hope that that Jason didn't read this too. Well, guess what, you illiterate mother. <laughs> It's a reread for me. <laughs> Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> uh, I'm giving it a 4.5. <laughs> pork face, pork face, pork face. Way to go. Call me pork face. Sweet lips. <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and get into some highs, lows, or what does for this issue. Delvin. Well, start off Spidey with a low. I'm going to start off X-Men with a low. Good God, I just don't care about this big world beater bad guy. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I know they got to set up new storyline, and uh, I got it. But I don't know what I was expecting out of the Savage Land, but this... Petrified man? That's it, right? Like, not petrified like scared, but petrified like old and stony. Yes. Okay. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to add on to that if I may. (laughs) Remember that time I gave an X-Men comic a one because it was like, and then we were in the crystal, but then Gene thought about the crystal and they crystalled it. And I was like, screw it. I can't take anymore. I came this close. I was going to say, did you? I was just like the petrified man, but then like this priestess lady, she was working for the petrified man, and then she's like doing thing, and I was just like, "Shut up, shut up! I don't care." There's something about the way Chris Claremont does this. We made this joke before, and I stand by it. This episode, it's like a nine year old who's trying to tell you the story. Jason's synopsis was better than what Chris Claremont did in this book. Thank you. I was, I, I was <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Why couldn't he have just said? Hey, Kazar shows up. Kazar, how do you pronounce it? Kazar. I say Kazar. I say Kazar. Kazar shows up and he's like, hey, I can really use your help. We got this dude petrified man. He's teamed up with a sorceress and they're trying to take over the Savage Land. That's like two panels. This was like page after page. And then they found some vampire sauce. I swear to God, vampire sauce was in there somewhere. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> All right. End of rant. I'm sorry. I, you got, I was just so excited to jump on that train. Well, let's go ahead and we'll move it to you. What do you, <laughs> do you have I basically just here? used mine. Well, I don't need All to right. expand any further. I, I promise you a high in the next round, though, and I, I'll move it on to Jason. Yeah, this one was kind of a tale of two cities because I was excited to see the battle between the X-Men and Sauron. And for the mm-hmm. most part, it delivered. Yep. I thought that was a really great fight. I thought it was uh, well uh, well established. It was well displayed. The art was terrific. It was a page turner. And then I kind of got lost in the second arc of the story. So I agree with both what Delvin and Jared have said. I was grateful for the fight. If the fight wasn't there and it was just all set up about the petrified man, I would have been on Jared's page on this one. I don't know what it was because... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm still not exactly sure what's happening. Like the pet, it is the I don't think Jared man. knows what's happening either. I don't know that any of us do. do yeah. And he spent like six pages explaining it to us. I it know. almost seemed like the crawl, you know, the movie where you have like the city that can go through dimensions and mm-hmm. move. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just like, my head was having a hard time wrapping around this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Word. <laughs> Same. How would you feel about it? I feel about the same way as you guys did, too. I really was enjoying the fight scene. And mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, there's going to be some, you know, cool action here. And, and what 
Sauron was doing, how he would mind manipulate them, and then also suck their energy out of them to make himself stronger when he needed to. But then what really confused me, and I don't know much about Sauron, was then he became this guy again? I'm going to jump in here. I think he's the Kirk Langstrom man bat of the X-Universe. Okay. He's a good dude, but when he turns into his alternate he form. Crazy. Like a lizard kind of? Jason can, yeah. or Delvin can probably. Um, and he is a mutant. And in order for him, he needs to siphon off of the life forces of other creatures in order to live. If he goes too far into doing that, he turns into Sauron. Oh, okay. All right. Well, guys, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I read issues 60 and 61, and Sauron is not, in fact, a mutant. Sauron was the son of a guide who was escorting a rich professor and his daughter down in Antarctic, and the daughter got lost. Sauron, which was not his name. I forget what his actual, uh, what was his name? Lycos. So Lycos, as a kid, as a young man, they spread out to find the lost daughter. He found her in this cave, and the cave was a passage to the Savage Land, and he was attacked by those pterodons. And he fought them off, but he was bit and slashed. So he got an infection, and the infection caused him to have to siphon the the life force from people. He wanted to cure himself, and his theory was that if he could siphon enough life force from a mutant, that it would cure him of this ill. So he teamed up with Professor X, not Professor X didn't know his nef- his, his semi-nefarious plan, and he captured Iceman, tried to absorb it, but the mutant power mixed with whatever the his illness was caused him to mutate into Sauron. So it's kind of almost like a Hulk type thing. When he gets to a certain point, if he absorbs enough energy, he becomes uh, Sauron. And Sauron is a evil character where Lycos is kind of a borderline, you know, kind trying of to survive. A, yeah, trying to survive character. Okay. My explanation was shorter, so I think I won. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a dollar to edit out everything Jason just said. He, he's a mute. <laughs> and then. There were, those were good issues, though. Those uh, 60 and 61 were both. Jason always reasons. does like the extra homework. Yeah. Like, Jason does go <laughs> the extra mile. I'm giving my extra mile to Jason. This you know time. what? I'm giving myself the extra mile on this. <laughs> so this All right, well, let's the go. The Sauron segment with Jason. <laughs> let's go ahead and hit a round two on this. Delvin, anything for round two? Yeah. We mention it all the time, and it's just that good. That splash page, that Mm. opening, Mm. I looked at it and was like, it actually said out loud, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Just just that big, wide uh, aerial, that two-pager with Sauron fighting, and it, it just phenomenal. That is, what was this book, 78 or whatever? You can take that book 42 years later, put it in right now, and you would have people. Beautiful page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at that, Jason. I mean, just absolute perfection. We don't rate pages, but that page, though, that, that splash page is a freaking 10 out of 5. Just phenomenal. And 
the amount of, of quality that John Byrne is bringing to Chris Claremont ideas, you can definitely see why this stuff is stuff of legends because mm-hmm. it is just gorgeous. Totally agree on that. Jared. Promised you a high. I might be in the minority here, but I like Kazar. I think he's interesting and kind of cool. And so when he showed up, I was like, cool, team up with Kazar. Dig it, because he runs around with like a saber-toothed tiger, man. That's that awesome. is cool. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it didn't go the way I wanted to with all that crazy backstory. But I'm like, well, maybe, you know, we'll get to it. And he's well-drawn. The whole book is well-drawn. Uh, I know I'm pulling a pat here and I'm throwing in an extra on my turn. But mm-hmm. they were all like, you know, Sauron, like, hit Storm really hard. And they're like, how are we going to save Storm? How are we going to save Storm? And then she was just fine. <laughs> she showed up fine a few panels later. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really go in, into much detail there, did they? Oh, yeah, like, how them and she's okay. <laughs> but, I mean, it, that is consistent with his character, though, because I don't know if I mentioned, but I read 60 and 61. <laughs> yeah, could you tell us a little more about Sauron? Yeah, I could, actually. Thanks. <laughs> why why yeah. does he have the gun? <laughs> that makes him so cool. Because it's yeah. baller. Man. Now I understand why he's got the gun. <laughs> but he doesn't need it. No, not especially if you look not- him in the eyes. If you look him in the eyes, he's got you. He does. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a cool kind of power, and I like how that's being used here to turn everybody against one another. I thought that was cool. It is, and they said that his powers were just short of Mesmero's, and Mesmero mm-hmm. got yeah. Jane Grey, which means that he is alpha-level hypnotist. Yeah. Those levels combined with that he can leech life force from you to sustain himself into this powerful creature. Sauron's formidable. Mm-hmm. I alluded to it before. I'm a huge man bat fan, so I have a natural inclination to like the Sauron guy. Yeah, the man bat's really a good analogy, I think. It's yeah, very similar. I think so too. Put it in that way. And like I said, kind of a lizard kind of a guy too, where he's when he turns to the alter ego or whatever, he's really bad guy, but you know, it's just a guy having a struggle with uh with the issues he's got. So interesting. But that does help because I was wondering too, it's like where why does the guy have the gun? But that backstory and what they kind of go through makes me understand it uh, more. Am I looking forward to this, the next issue? Eh. <laughs> Garak, don't have you stoked? No, oh, that backstory was rough. <laughs> yeah, I... Maybe to get on, you know, I have to read it to get on to the next stuff, so we'll see. Yeah, put it this we'll way. See. If I had this on DVR, it would be... <laughs> oh, so that's how it ends, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Sweet. I'm at the end of the, I'm at the end of this petrified man storyline, and maybe we can see what's going back on at the mansion. You know, we <laughs> learned last episode, thanks to Tim from Omaha Bow being here, the classic X Men adds a couple of extra pages. True. What did they add? To this? Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say maybe, maybe Chris subtracted. A few. <laughs> This X-Men classic is only eight pages long. Trust me, it's worth it. I just realized that I I 100% want to hear this recap story told by that dude from Ant-Man, the Hispanic dude. I want to hear him tell this recap. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. So you see what happened was, (laughs) and I was there. And then the Quasar and the Petrified Man. Was oh, it his name Ruiz or something like that? I was talking to my cousin. My cousin's friends with the Petrified Man. The Petrified Man. <laughs> Him and the Petrified Man were just kind of hanging out and being all petrified. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's all like, hey, man, I'm going to try to take over the world. And he's like, no, man, what? 
And he's like, that's right, I got, man. I got vampire sauce. You got vampire sauce? I got vampire sauce. <laughs> I am also going to agree with Delvin. Just the artwork on this is just amazing. That's what kept me turning the page. Oh, yeah. Hey, game. Yeah. That one page Delvin mentioned, the splash page, just amazing throughout this. So we'll go to Jason. Do you have any final high, low, or what the? One of the things that I didn't like about it was uh, Cyclops refusing to help an ally. It just Mm -hmm. didn't sit well with me. It's like the team is put together ultimately to help people. And there, there are obviously people in need. And his going back to the professor really kind of keys in on this troubling, you know, just kind of over-reliance on the professor or deification, if I can use a, a big word there, a bigger you can word. use it whether I understand it, doesn't matter. But Making him like a god, Pat. Yeah. Like, I, I okay. just, I don't, I'm not digging that. It just didn't sit well with me. I don't know what you guys think. Well, that's where they are now. Yeah, that's true. Cyclops of today wouldn't do that, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Guess we have to see where this story goes from here. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into who went the extra mile. Delvin, who went the extra mile for you in this issue? Sauron had X-Men on the ropes, and he was the big reveal. And I kind of wish they would have given him a few more pages. Chris had a reason for going into this story with the petrified man. <laughs> But Sauron was a part of the book that was exciting. I liked that he had the X-Men on his toes. In particular, he snuck up on Storm and took her unawares. And then he snuck up on Colossus and did the exact same thing and wound up possessing Wolverine. So he had some big moments in that book. So he goes the extra mile for me. Jason. I'm going to give it to Cyclops with an asterisk. I still don't like the way that he um, was cutting and running on the inhabitants of the Savage Land. But when it came to that battle with Sauron, he stepped up and he took charge. He was able to neutralize Wolverine fairly easily too, I might add, Mm -hmm. and develop a strategy in which he uses his team effectively to take down Sauron. So my extra mile is going to Cyclops. I am going to agree with you on that as well too, for that fight scene. He definitely knew what he was doing. I think he hit Wolverine hard enough. He knows that his regeneration and, or, you know, that he would come kind of come back from it. So he knew he could kind of really blast him and kind of knock him out for a little bit. I uh, think he liked it a little bit too. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah. But, you know, he was like, I hate to do this. Do you? <laughs> I'll do it twice. That's how much I hate it. But I think too, just him having Banshee go high, him go in the middle, and they just kind of really take Sauron out that way. So I, I, he goes the extra mile for me, Jared. Hate to be unoriginal, but before we even got to the segment, I was giving it to Cyclops with really? an asterisk. Not so sure about his decision at the end, but you know, at least he made a decision. Yep, yeah. leaders lead. Yeah. Leaders lead. You know, I could see the point of going back to make sure the professor's okay, and then returning to Savage Land plus a professor would be very helpful. Yeah, I, I, th- I was thinking the same thing, but I got to be in Team Wolverine and Banshee on this one. Yeah, Are they able to spot. get back yeah. to the Savage Land though if they leave? Is it like a place you can kind of come and go if you know where to go? I think so. Yeah. But then why wouldn't like Sauron leave and, uh, you know. Why would he want to? Sauron tried to leave, but then Mm. the sorceress came. She had the vat of (laughs) vampire. (laughs) And then Gargamel showed up. And then there were some Smurfs and la, la, la. (laughs) Actually, Pat, I'm glad you asked. Oh, here we go. No, as it was alluded to in issue 61, if you guys had 
prepared for the show. Just not saying But as a stud in 61, he did go to the Savage Land. He returned back there to die. But then he learned he could live by taking the life off a of lesser animals so that's how he's been surviving and he doesn't want to go near humans again because he doesn't want to take the life force of okay i mean they also said that in this issue on the recap but i mean i didn't do my research <laughs> <laughs> well i stand corrected <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get into some ratings on this. It's a reminder, it's a one through five. Five is you loved it. It gave you a ring to swing on. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby, a savage baby. Jason. Well, I'll tell you what. When I started this thing out, that splash page started me out at a five. And then the fight was like, I'm still at a five. And then Chris got into his groove. <laughs> and I went four. <laughs> and then I went three. And, and I'm at a three. Okay. Delvin. I'm at a three. It's mainly because of the first half of the book. The first half of the book was cool. A lot of action. And I don't mind advancing or setting up a new storyline. But I don't know. There's just something about this particular storyline that just missed the mark with me. I can't understand it. I did, I did not understand it. Like, if it gets to the point where like, I start reading it and I'm just like, I really want to skip these pages. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh-huh. They did have space sharks, though. That was kind of- I forgot about the space. I was like, at some point, a dude was riding a space shark. And I was like, what the hell what? is happening here? I'm like, Jason, I was like running full speed. I was like, all right, I'm into this X-Men book. This art is good. This fight is good. And then it just (laughs) drug me all the way down to it, too, because I almost closed it and quit. Over to you, Pat. I hear what you guys are saying, and I agree with the threes. I'm going with the three. I liked it, and it's because of the beginning part of this story. The fight scene was just amazing. Drawn amazingly. The rest of the story... Yeah, I started fading away too with you guys. I'm like, yeah, can I read this and figure out what's happening if I just look at the pictures? No, <laughs> no. it makes well, it worse. <laughs> I'll put it put it another way: you won't be the pictures look really confused. good. <laughs> He's ran the shark in the air. <laughs> and then Petrified <laughs> Man said, "Hey, dude, I'm gonna get you a shark, and we're gonna ride it in the air." No way, man! I said, "Shark ride, take it easy." <laughs> So I'm going with a three. All like alone. We're almost there. On two islands. Yes. There's no one here to ain't hate afraid to with give it me. Two. Uh, uh, afraid to uh, give it a two. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> I gave it a two. Because it's so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jared, I'm glad at least you read it all the way. Yeah. yeah. I almost didn't make so, it. Good for you. Good, good for, for you. me. I honestly don't know like if it. that city thing has come to the Savage Land or that there's like a portal to that. I don't I don't know. That yes. cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think with that, it's going to bring us to an end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram page. We will be right back. Hey everyone, my name is Michael Bailey, and I like Superman. Like, a lot. 
Like, he's my favorite character. I like him so much that I have podcasted about the Man of Steel more than any other character. Back in 2017, I started a show called It All Comes Back to Superman to serve as the monthly reaffirmation of my Kryptonian faith. Well, the monthly thing hasn't worked out, but I'm hoping to change that in 2020. This year, there will be at least one episode a month of the show, and most of those will be part of a series I'm calling Superman is for Everybody. Superman is for Everybody springs from my desire to talk to people that have channeled their love and affection for the character into other avenues, like cosplay, or podcasting, or academia. New episodes will drop in the first or second week of the month, with special episodes popping up at random, because that's how I roll, apparently. It all comes back to Superman as part of the Fortress of Bailey-Tude podcasting network, which can be found at www.fortressofbailey2.com. The show is available through Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, and it's even on Spotify. It all comes back to Superman. Because really, it does. Give me a few minutes and I'll make the connection. Why are you walking away? I'm not done talking to you yet. Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com, early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So these are the fine folks reaping the benefits and giving some much needed, appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf, Bill Bear, Lassiter Stashett, Bob Buster, Braxton Underwood, David Collins, Gene Hendricks, Gerald Green, Greg Van Leuven, I the Collector, Ivor Evans, Jeremy L, Jim Jarman, Joe Thomas, John Watson, John and Maggie, Jose Poyo, Maxwell Traver, Miranda W, Paul Hicks, Rick of Jeff and Rick Present, Ross Michaud, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Steve Cronin, Tim Price, Toronto Cop, and one-time donor Bradford Williams. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you will get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you want to just keep it short with just our ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show and we will share your review on the next show. We got some iTunes reviews, fellas. Our first one uh, is five stars from Jay Owens 07, who says, great group of guys love this. I happen to personally know Jay Owens 07. He is a work buddy and friend outside of work as well. I really appreciate him taking the time to do that. Thank you, Jay Owens. That's awesome. Certainly that's the only one we got. No, but wait. What? 
There's more. We got another one, five star, from YCG Inc. uh, on May the 2nd. And YGC Inc. says, just getting started into comics. Love this. Sweet. Sweet. So that's two iTunes reviews. And man, I tell you what, I would love to sit there and just read these all day. I just wanted to say to YCG Inc. that's just getting into comics and getting in with us. That makes me feel good. Thanks for choosing us to be your vehicle in the comics. And I hope we are good shepherds of your journey. And with that, we will move on to social media likes, shares, and retweets. Talking about Crusader Chronicles, episode 41 from July 1978, where we talked about Amazing Spider-Man 185 and X-Men 114. I'll kick things off with morning, noon, and night. He'll give you air and head. Moss. And we keep leaving our wallet with this guy, Al Sedano. Gotta get it. Gotta got, 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 got get it. And our good friend, Alan Middleton. And Helica Fetty Wolf. In Avery. Bill Beer. B. Scott Smith. You be Scott Smith. <laughs> now I be Jason Albright. <laughs> Thank you very much. Chris Leiden. Oh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I got it. It's Chris at BTO and Bat Books, gentlemen. I didn't win. I only got Clinton. <laughs> we're we're kidding. We're glad to have you always, Clinton, but quit knocking on the door to the basement. We're not letting you. Exactly. Cody Johnson. Coffee and comics. Comic reflections. Mm. Mm. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Very deep. Corey Carpenter. Dale Scott Morgan. Damon Hayward. Danilo Dulé. My lovely mother, Dame Deborah Smith. Denise Martin. Dustin Staub. Eddie Stevens. Eric Rivera. Fan Film Friday's podcast. Our friend Shag from Firestorm Fan. Gene Hendricks. Jerry Green. Gonzalo Delgado. Hoover Jeremiah. Ivan A. Martin. James Charles Huntley. Jeff Alexander. Jeremiah McBride. Where are you going? Went to college with Delvin and I. Joey Owens. John D. Noel. John R. Smith. Joseph Hall. Justin Steiner. Cam Multashimi. Ken Barr Jr. Ken Solo. Louis Goldberg. 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 Manuel Kenyette Mendoza. Martin Figueroa. Matthew Mangana. Max Schraver. Mike Alonzo. Mike McCall. Mike Peacock. Neil. In Logan. Omaha Bound. Patrick Devins. Philip O. Philip Walton. Radioactive Dinosaur. Boom, boom. Ronaldo Nelson. Rick Heineken, who also goes by Jeff. <laughs> Robert Charles. Ross Michaud. Rudolph Fernick. Ryan Daly. Secret Wars and Beyond. Podcast. Sean Simmons. Simone Bar Brisois. T.C. Ilker Semsetin Tumblu. Tell got that one last time. The equally hard to pronounce, Tim Price. Give me a beat. See, gentlemen. There ain't no packing. And there ain't no unpacking. You just got the power of the power pack. 
Anyway, um, packing or just um, packing the power of the power pack. Word. I like how Jason just took it. Jason was like so casual. I, I channeled my inner Shatner. On I that. was just going to say, I was like, Shatner. <laughs> I was like, what would Shatner, Shatner do rap. right now? <laughs> well done. Bernard Jeffries. X-Men 90s covers. And last, but certainly not least, Zachary Carter. Quite a list, fellas. Yeah. Where's Battle Wagon? Battle Wagon. Where's Battle Battle down. And for that matter, where's GLHG? Where is he? Where is everybody? Triple slipping. <laughs> Whoa. Man, our two biggest fans. Give them the gas face. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why for this is we are recording about four days, five days after the show. This show came. Oh, so they may not have time yet to. uh, I got you. I got you. So that means you guys got to speak it up and get it in there right away and then go listen to the show. (laughs) Better get your comments in there. (laughs) Shoot those comments in quick. Just kidding. Go ahead, Dylan. Thank you. We will move on to social media comments from... I'll just go ahead and take this top one from Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. It says, unrelated story. I actually didn't graduate college on time because I was missing a gym credit. Hmm. So, me and Peter have something in common. Mm-hmm. I love that gym class I took in college. I took a basketball co- a course. That was the easiest thing I ever got. Yeah, I did soccer. Just got to play basketball every day. It was awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Didn't we get credit for that PE with ROTC? Because I don't remember taking any other sports classes. <laughs> I, I took a basketball one. That's a credit to Oh, I took girls volleyball. <laughs> I don't think you actually signed up for it. I think you just kept showing up. Did you yeah. sign up for well, it? Well, the campus actually, police got involved. Or, What's that did bet? you actually take a girls volleyball from her? <laughs> just <laughs> run away. <laughs> just grabbed it and ran away. Did you do the biff from Back to the Future too? <laughs> you want it? Go get it. I'm going to take one here from Rick Heineken, also known as Jeff. And he says, y'all make Saturday chores much more pleasant. So thank you, Rick. Whatever you're doing out there, keeping that lawn clean and trim, and that's awesome. I'm glad we can keep a smile on your face. Unless what he meant was, I either got to do these chores or listen to this podcast. (laughs) You know what? Chores don't sound so bad. (laughs) I will take one from Comic Reflections who said, you had me at Tim from Omaha Bound. Apparently, he's got some fans out there. We have to have Tim back on the show. I like Tim. He's a good dude. He is a good dude. He is a good Not to be confused with Tim Price. I don't know if you want to read his comment to make that make any sense, but that's up to you, Delvin. Sure. I will take that tee up that you gave me. Tim Price... The Podcrasher says, every time a Crusader says Tim in this episode, I'm like, am I in this one? Oh, nope. Dang it. So, yeah. We're not making that mistake again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Quick shout out to a few people we haven't seen before. Ivan Martin and uh, Robert Roberts with a couple comments. We did see him. We, We got you. And we appreciate you. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Delvin? You can find me on Twitter at D-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Jason? You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Jared. 
I am at Yard Sale Artist. That is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. And I appreciate you checking out, maybe subscribing to my YouTube channel. You search Yard Sale Artist, you will find it. I draw pictures. Pat? You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And Jared, I'm glad you asked. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered in to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we are always starting at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so they'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to Music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J O S E F L I N 99. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Because they don't want all my bound. Fanciness is what we prefer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're like Tulsa loose. Oh, man. <laughs> It's so like Omaha bound, Tulsa loose. Oh. Like it's mm. <laughs> All right. Not even, not even a chuckle, man. Not even a chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad, Jason. It was funny. <laughs> uh, that Tulsa loose. Tulsa loose. <laughs> Yikes. Ooh. See, it just had to set a minute. It just had to set a minute. I'm getting chuckles now. It's delayed reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Look. The important thing is that yeah, you got to sell your own joke. That's for sure. If you don't believe it's funny, no one else is going to believe it's funny. I believe that was funny. <laughs> so at least one of us believes it's funny. And that's a, that's an important thing. All right. <clears throat> Tulsa loose. <laughs> you know, Pat, I'm going to give this a three. I liked it. That's what every show is going to sound like when he's recording by himself again. <laughs> what do you think, Pat? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Pat. <laughs> Thanks for asking, Pat. You're you're welcome, Pat. What'd you think about that? Well, Pat, you know, you oh, know Pat, me. You're I kind of so like funny. it. I kind of don't like it. But yeah. what'd you think about that, Sean? <laughs> That's not a very good Sean. Why do you have to come up with the madness? All right, let's go. <sighs> you knew that ice was coming in here at some point in time. <sighs> Suck it. <laughs> like that combat. All right. And three, two, one. What do you think about that, sweet lips? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Let me bring it back. <laughs> Hold, please. Don't forget what? how the show works. <laughs> What's with all the questions, Pat? <laughs> I'm just trying to get some bric-a-brac out of the way. I know. Um, it's been you? days since I've seen you. Like, yes. literally two. Two. <laughs> yeah, 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 just about that. Sixteen thousand fourteen. Sent your podcast away from me. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm good. Jared started on Prince. <laughs> <laughs>